I spy with my little eye. What do I see here? I see a Roma victory over Torino. Welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. We are recording about half an hour after Roma defeated Torino 3-2, uh, thanks to a wonderful, wonderful artistic hat-trick from Paolo Dybala. The wonderful Trident is back from Friday's episode, the Vucinic, Tadai and Totti of the La Magicast podcast is back. So with me tonight, I have the returning Joey and Imran. How are you both? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm all good. Also good. Thank you. I hope everyone understood the uh, the reference I made at the beginning because it came out, I think it was either yesterday or today, that someone from Torino was escorted off Tregoria by the police for spying at Roma. And it, I think it hit hit the uh, the internet yesterday afternoon. And uh, I really hope there was some shithousery. If Dybala scored, if Dybala would have been a bit more sensible, he would have celebrated in front of Juric today with the binoculars celebration. That would have been elite shithousery. But... Yeah, I spy with my little eye. It didn't really work well for Torino, did it? But hey-ho, Roma with another victory in Serie A and just another couple of points behind uh, Atalanta and Bologna, who Atalanta got, um, let's just say, a, a really weird one-all draw yesterday at Milan. Me and Joey Imran would t- were WhatsApping each other yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it. That strange handball. Or oh, not the handball, the, the the Giroud challenge. Sorry. Yeah, the challenge that hit it, he hit him with his hand on with the, his foot, but it was light contact. Uh, to me, it wasn't a penalty. I hope Holmes' concussion on his shoulder is actually all right. But uh, <laughs> Imran, Imran, did you get to see it? No, I didn't. I was too busy. Imran, the hey. defender of Milan, touched home his foot, touched home in the arm, and home went down holding his head, and that's how Atalanta got their penalty in the goal. And then they oh. just parked the rest of the game. Orsato. Orsato was the ref, and then he shrugged his shoulders as he was given the decision. <laughs> Typical Orsato. Yeah. Orsato doing Orsato things. Um, Shall we get into today's game? Because I've got some nostalgia, even though Imran told me not to pre-pod, but we, we've got some nostalgia to talk about after the Roma win. Yeah. Roma 3, Torino 2. Um, De Rossi referring back to a 3-5-2 Mourinho style and coming out with the three points Paolo Dybala magic, the return of Chris Smalling and a very good 75 minutes for him first half not so good, second half very very good, there was a bit more fluidity to Roma's play in the second half, um, Joey I'll come to you first and then Imran second have you got your love letter ready for Paolo Dybala and also, what were your thoughts on Roma's performance? Yeah, I have the love letter uh, ready for him. I'm going to send it uh, once we're done the pod, so hopefully he gets it in time and can read it. Um, for the, the game, Scott, I'll mention for the spy, I guess he didn't do enough work on uh, spying on Dybala because uh, he tore uh, he tore Torino apart, so he, he ultimately failed at the spying on what Roma are going to do. We came out with the win. Uh, so Roma going back to the back three, um, I did not expect it. Uh, I guess it's partly due to fatigue and partly due to uh, smalling. Uh, I I don't know if De Rossi trusts him in a back four. 
not as of yet anyways. So we didn't have much fluidity in the first half. And it kind of gave me reminiscent of how Roma played the first half of the season in that back three. Um, we did get the penalty, thankfully. Uh, Dybala scored that first goal. But then right afterwards, a worrying sign. It's uh, even though we won, not a, obviously there's a lot of things that you can take away that weren't great about this match. And another cross that came in that we conceded on. So um, there was a statistic I mean, Torino did score two crosses. There was a statistic where I think De Rossi's given up nine goals and five of them have been crosses. So you're looking at more than half. Uh, but the second half, uh, like you mentioned, a lot more fluidity. Um, Imran, you brought up the good point, which I'm sure you'll get to as well, that Dybala, it was his best game and it was back in the back three. I mean, he was wonderful. This is why we have him. He scored a hat trick. That second goal was outstanding. The celebration, the hug with De Rossi was great. We showed much more fluidity. Um, we showed much more of an attacking, uh, attacking sense going forward. So that was good to see. Obviously, guys did struggle. I thought Asmoon was good and bad. Like he created that wonderful chance for Christensen, which again, I tweeted out the most useless player I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. He couldn't score in an open net, he did nothing all game. Uh, I also said that Dybala scored three goals while playing him on his side. It should have been more five. I mean, I don't know how that guy continues to start. I, yes, I would still rather start Chelik than him. And, uh, yeah, some of the guys, I think Smalling, you mentioned Scott, he, he had a decent return. I, I don't know if I can fault VR at all for the goals. Uh, one other guy to mention, I think Angelino uh, struggled defensively. I think Bellanova was a great player. Maybe someone Roma should target if we need a, an actual right back. Uh, if we can never problem out, out of Torino. Uh, but yeah, better second half, more fluidity. Uh, love the goals. And we may not make Champions League, but they're certainly playing at the level of to make top four. I mean, this is the, the game I would expect Roma in the past after playing 120 minutes, an intense emotional affair against Feyenoord to come up a game against Torino who gave up the third least goals in the league and Roma ended up scoring three and winning the game. This was a game for me where Roma usually drop points and they continue to, they continue to roll. I mean, Atalanta dropped points and obviously these teams play each other next few weeks. So it was a big win by Roma and the, the Bala was tremendous in helping and carrying Roma to get the three points, obviously man of the match. And yeah, I'm happy we got out of there with the win. Should he be given the freedom of Rome and for Roma to give him the, a lifetime contract or just give him what he wants? Yeah, just give him the keys to Rome and a lifetime contract. He he certainly deserves it. This is, I mean, Scott, to me, he uh, I don't think Roma in general played outstanding. We can all say it like we tactically got a bit better second half. I think some of the subs were okay and it helped us, but... I'm gonna say he did a he did a carry job. I mean, this is a team game, and he he did most of the work for us to get the win. Uh, like, I mean, against the Torino side that doesn't give up goals, so yeah, for me, give him anything he wants. He fully deserves to be the star of the night. Yeah, completely agree. That left foot is an absolute one. That second goal is just pure oh, artistry. Wonderful. It's finest. It's just oh, and also the touch the other night. Oh. We could talk about that later. But uh, Imran, I'll come to you. 
Joey's off to fawn off the par- off on Paulo Dybala for the next five or six minutes. Um, Imran, what's your thoughts on um, today's performance? Struggle at first, but Roma really grew in confidence in the second half. Yeah, they did. I think uh, what surprised me the most was that he opted for a three-back line because um, um, he has been going for the 4-2-3-1, which I thought uh, was working fine, but there was a, a little bit of inconsistency in, in how you regulate the intensity because often it was... Um, it was too much, like we said in the last part, too much driven by emotions and adrenaline, um, which left us a bit tactically vulnerable in defense, uh, and especially in midfield uh, with the space there. We often lost the command of the midfield. But, so I was a bit surprised, and uh, I think <laughs> the Torino guys were surprised as well, Juric, when he saw that they uh, went with a three-man defense but i think it gave us uh, it gave us a defensive stability uh, but uh, what disappointed me with the first half was not just that we didn't play well it was the, the sloppiness in, in in the performance we gave away the possession cheaply in dangerous positions uh, we weren't punished for that but uh, it was silly mistakes and then we were a bit fortunate to go one nil up, which um, at once immediately looked like we were going to that goal in you know that lead in, into the break. But then we got that equalizer through Zapata. I think Swilar. Um, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but I think his positioning could have been a bit better because I think he didn't expect it to go in. So his instant reaction was somewhere halfway between. Uh, you know, diving for the ball and taking a step and then diving. I think that moment um, caused him to uh, lose the sight of the ball. So that's why he was a bit slow. But in the second half, uh, the intensity increased. And uh, we, like you guys mentioned, we moved the ball around um, with a higher tempo. We connected uh, passes uh, with... uh, greater velocity we found each other in uh, good positions and um, we often caught uh, Torino uh, out of possession uh, out of possession in different uh, I mean in difficult situations and I think that made us more uh, threatening an attack we got obviously the goal uh, in you know through a wonderful world-class finish uh, only a player from that I mean, his class can finish like that. You see uh, players of you know that class, that generation, uh, doing stuff like that. So yeah, well done to Tibala. He was excellent, and uh, then his third goal as well. The way he connected, you see that there was something uh, different and extra about his performance tonight. I think it, it's um, my general observation was that uh, this formation gave him a bit more freedom. Uh, We weren't so crowded uh, in attack. It gave him more uh, freedom to take command and play in that free role, the playmaker role. He was able to move um, uh, around the pitch 
without being too concerned about defensive duties because when he were playing when we was playing in the 4-2-3-1 my observation was that playing from the right wasn't actually his ideal position because there comes a lot of defensive duties although he's not the type of player you would expect that from but it it took something away from his game uh, especially in attack but this one give him more freedom because even whether it was from because he was all over the pitch he was you know the right side and left side and center he was dominating so perhaps uh, perhaps this formation is where uh, where you will be able to get the best out of him because last part we were discussing towards the end you need to find a way to play set up the team um, both tactics and the way you place individual players around the pitch in order to get the best out of them. And I think even Lukaku, when he came on, some of the same issue as last game with the first touch. But overall, I think he did well because he had even the, you know, uh, assist to Dybala's goal. So I was I was very happy with that. I think the 4-2-3-1 is good, uh, but it's good for players who have to be very, you know, strictly positioned in, you know, and follow instruction from a certain position because it can become a bit too rigid for a player like uh, uh, Dybala, especially when you give him the uh, instruction to play from the right. If you give him the center, uh, the trequartista behind the strikers and, you know, let him go from there, then perhaps it could be a bit better. But from the right side, I think it's, uh, to me at least, my observation was that it was a bit difficult but I, of course i'm not drawing too many conclusions based on just that but uh, i think these have been the these have been the observations too far uh, so far and we will see how uh, things proceed from there but what was very encouraging and also a relief was that you know after we scored the 2-1 and went for the third we still looked uh, like being you know in, in in complete control of the game. We had the command, we didn't panic. It was a mature performance. Even at 3-1, they didn't look like scoring until they got uh, a bit fortunate with that goal. Uh, but what I was thinking until then, yeah, but this won't be a problem at all. And I was feeling very confident. So I, I think this three-man defense give us uh, a different type of uh, defensive um, stability. And security and it's uh, uh, it's good going forward knowing that you can always resort to this formation in different game scenarios when you need to close down games when you need to take command of the midfield uh, so I think we got a lot of answers I'm very happy with the, the performance of course you have to forgive some of the mistakes coming off one or 20 minutes from uh, Thursday's game could you see a bit more tactical uh, flexibility with De Rossi in some games? You did mention it that you could see him going to a three-back and you could see the asymmetric 4-2-3-1. Do you see a bit of flexibility in the systems going forward? Oh, yes, definitely, especially after today's game uh, because mm. he showed it today. If he can show it today, I'm sure he can keep doing it. And, I, you know, he, strike, he strikes me as a very intelligent guy. You know, someone who's um, open-minded and uh, even if you look at his, uh, you know, like even Joey said in previous pods and we discussed in the last pods, his analysis after the games, how he's able to interpret the game, what's happening and conveying it in post-match interviews. 
uh, it, it strikes me as a guy who knows what he's doing. And I think if he can be uh, innovative as well as a coach, I think it could be for the better, but still, you know, early days. But, the, you know, just thinking about him, you know, unexpectedly, I would say, uh, going for a three-back line today shows that uh, there is tactical flexible, flexibility there. And I think in modern football, you need to, you need to, you need to adapt to the certain different situations that you are being presented with. Um, you have to deal with fatigue. You have to deal with injuries, and then you have to be tactic tactically flexible. Otherwise, you won't survive uh, in, in modern football, or at least you won't uh, improve as a coach. Oh, spot on, uh, Imran! Absolutely spot on. Uh, I was very impressed that he changed from a four to a three. I did say at half to a half time that uh, the three back wasn't working, but he stuck with it. But the fluidity and the more forward passing that Roma had in the second half really worked well and it did cause Torino problems and Dabala magic just magic in his left foot um I wanted to talk about a player who made his first start for Roma in six months I saw him gallivanting down the right wing in this new three-man back line and the the fluidity with all the positioning of the players is Chris Smalling. Joey, how did you feel that um, Rose's favourite player uh, and a favourite of mine uh, came back into the squad and into the starting eleven? A very strong seventy five minutes. Yeah, I thought he was uh, he was very strong in his first start back. Um, the one thing we're missing is anything that goes in the air to him. He's uh, you know he's most likely going to win the the header or the aerial battle. So uh, he looked he looked very commanding. I like a couple of times he gambled stepping forward, and there was even mm. times where even if he gambled, he nearly got the ball and won the ball high. So he he really put his foot down tonight, and I, I don't think he did uh, much wrong. And maybe in the De Rossi, you mentioned uh, we see some of the fluidity, Scott, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I kind of felt there was a, a sprinkle of Inzaghi's game in here. I, I, th- I saw a lot of the center backs, including Smalling, uh, get into these uh, these attacking areas. I've even seen it from Mancini, and I, I see that a lot in Inzaghi, what he does with uh, Bastoni, uh, especially, and I saw Roma do it a little bit today. So it was nice to see that um, uh, Smalling was able to to have a strong performance and able to get in, in, in a, a certain amount of these areas. Along with, uh, I saw that again from Mancini. So strong performance by him. I really don't think he put a foot wrong. Um, I, I thought he had a really good battle with Zapata and Sanabria. Uh, ultimately, the goals they scored were were never because of him. It was it was m- more uh, more likely around him. So it was a strong first performance for him. And I didn't expect him to get that many minutes, but I mean, just uh, positive overall to see him back and to see him help us with a win. And you got to see him on the right wing, gallivanting like a like a a, a young yeah. winger back in the day. Yeah, that's why I said Scott. I thought of uh, Inzaghi right away. Is inter squad. I saw with the the tactical flexibility with the the center backs. Uh, and Imran brought up a good point. Like even when we did have the lead, we we still continued to push forward, and we saw like uh, we saw the the center backs get into these areas to help us with the attack. So. Uh, it was actually nice to see that we progress, and that probably helped us score the third, really. And that's what helped us 
uh, kill. I know we gave up a goal, but that still helped us kill off the game. So it was really nice. And when I saw Smalling on that right wing, I was like, oh my god, okay. And yeah, but uh, I think we, uh, I think he he was solid and he did very well overall. I know Rosa will definitely be happy uh, of his return. So uh, good for Smalling, and I'm glad to see him back. And there's also his passing was actually a lot better today. It was a bit more forward. I know he likes to keep it safe, keep it safe and give it to the guys who are a bit more progressive with the ball, but I was really impressed. Uh, Imran, what were your thoughts on the return of, uh, I was going to say Smaldini, but Chris Smallin? I echoed um, almost everything Joey said. I think it was good. He he brought that um, stability back in, in defence. His presence just gives this level of tranquility to the rest of the players. And I think it was it was pretty much um, obvious, except from some of the, I won't blame him, but you know, uh, it goes a bit against the point when I mentioned the tranquility because there was some, some sloppiness in uh, in defense and midfield early in the game. But um, apart from that, uh, I think uh, his presence was, uh, was a positive one. Yeah. Um... Uh, he probably wasn't part of the problem, but in the first half, Roma did struggle against Torino's press. I don't know if you guys noticed, noticed it when oh, Roma yeah. tried to play play out the, from the back. I think, um, do I have to call up my cardiologist or can I just give Imran a nice WhatsApp message going, why is my heart beating so fast watching Roma try to play football from the back with Svila getting pressed by Vlasic and Sanabria? But they grew into it. Smalling helped with his calmness and his, as as it might say, his tranquility. Um, but I was really, really impressed with with that. Um, guys, I wanted to bring on someone else to talk about. His record is now seven one one. It's Daniel De Rossi start to Roma. It's been unbelievable. Um, did you guys expect that at the beginning when he came in in January? Uh, Imran, I'll start with you, and then Joey afterwards. No, to be honest, no. I uh, I was curious to see how he would do, but when he came in, to me he looked like just an interim manager, and I I thought, yeah, you know, he will do his job, and then he will leave, pretty much like Montella did back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but um, he has surprised actually. I would say he not just the results, but he has uh, he has been very proactive in his. Uh, uh, in his uh, way of dealing with, you know, I would say very peculiar and difficult situations that uh, his team has ended up in during the games. And he has had uh, always uh, good reactions. You saw the Frosinone game, you know, he did something at halftime that came out completely different. You saw the same today. You saw, uh, of course, there, then you have... Uh, opposite as well uh, against Inter but Inter is a much better side so mm. uh, I wouldn't be too harsh on him there. The Feyenoord game was a bit more you had to balance out uh, the you know unrealistically high intensity that we were playing with in, in the first half so uh, I have been positively surprised by the results but also by uh, performances not uh, performances i mean the whole in you know the hundred percent if you look at but you know the way he has reacted the way he has dealt with different situations difficult situations his answers his reactions to the i think he's he has been uh he has been um 
very good because when he sees that something is not functioning, he he has changed for the better and it has worked. I think that's uh, that's very encouraging. I'm I'm also very surprised. I did not expect this, um, but I welcome it after what we had in the previous couple of months of Jose Mourinho's reign at Roma. Um, Joey, I'll come to you because you WhatsApped me before we came on air with a very interesting stat from social media about De Rossi's start to Roma and Mourinho's end. Yeah, six games, De Rossi versus six games, uh, Mourinho, so in the league, uh, obviously. And he's won five of the six. The only one which, I mean, you can never fault him for is the the loss against the unbelievable Interside, which uh, another stat for you guys is we hold the third highest, I think, uh, like lead advantage against Inter. That's how little they've given up this year and how little they've been behind. So, um, so uh, Roma and De Rossi especially have shown uh, a different, a different team to what we used to saw, and that's obviously the credit goes to De Rossi for this. I mean, he's. Seven one and one as a manager. I did not expect this. Like Imran said, I, I'm with him and with Hugh Scott. I certainly did not expect this. And what I've liked the most out of the Rossi is, I feel as a manager uh, in the games we're playing, he's getting better and better at least tactically and adaptability. He seems to be able to work in different ways to get results. At the beginning, we knew it wasn't going to be pretty or nice. It was good for a first half, if not a second half. Um, especially the first uh, two games. We did suffer a lot in the second half, but Roma, I mean, they stood they stood their ground. They kept going, kept fighting, and got the three points in those games. Then, you know, we had bigger wins, and we had where De Rossi started to adapt tactically, which is showing he's growing as a manager. Just look at this game. We went to a back three against the Torino side, and I'll be quite honest, we don't score much against Torino, and they don't give up much have anything at all again third best defense in the league even last year we struggled to score against Torino if it's not a penalty or something last minute because we uh, we had a we didn't have great results against Torino I, I think we won ones are off a penalty but suffered a lot we tied 1-1 um I remember the home match and this year we tied them in uh, Tur- uh in Torino and mm-hmm. we had suffering moments but today I mean, De Rossi, uh, although, like we said, had some, there was some issues tactically. I mean, you can't fault the guy who scored three goals against a very stubborn defense and won a game after playing 120 minutes. So, uh, again, he showed tactical adaptability. And just now in his press conference, like we keep mentioning that I like, he, he talked about, again, the sport itself, uh, the sport itself and what Romo were trying to do to beat Torino. He's, he even mentioned about putting Mancini higher to help build and to help draw their wingers out. You can go read it after. I've been reading it as we're talking. And yeah, he just, uh, he, 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 uh, he adapted, especially in the second half with changes. He's done it against Frosinone. He's done it against Torino. Even Imran said the balance against Feyenoord, uh, we had enough balance to push us through. So I can't say nothing but great words about the Rossi. And now even got Paul Dybala out of the funk, whether it was the back three or just, you know, him growing as a manager and Paul Dybala Dybala growing into the system. It seems everybody's always pushing in the right direction. And that includes the Rossi and what he's doing to his team. So, yeah, I did not expect this at all. And it's been wonderful to see for the first, uh, first nine games now. 
it's also very refreshing to see. And I've been really, really impressed with like the tactical setup and the nuances of what Roma have done in recent games. Have you guys mentioned it? Slight tactical tweak against Frozen 08. I'm not going to fault against Inter because I watched Inter yesterday against Lecce. First half, they were shocking and were 1-0 up thanks to a, a lovely goal from Lotaro Martinez from a wonderful free ball from Aslani. But the second half, they just switch. Just unplayable. Lecce could not get near them. They are the best side in Italy and one of the top side in Europe. But I just like the tactical switches he does. It just pushes the guys a bit wider, pushes certain players in uh, a little bit higher at the pitch and like he explained it after Frosinone game why Asman and Lukaku struggled against each other. Today I think I've just seen while well, you guys were talking about Smalling, he said I had to control his minutes after coming back from six months out. We had to control the seventy five minutes, which is fine, which is perfect. But I think he's managing the squad a a lot more and just giving guys minutes. We we even got to see Renato Sanchez on for was it 10 minutes, Joey? One of your favorite players? Yeah, it uh, he came on the 85th, 86th minute. I mean, like we mentioned, he didn't have much intensity, but he hasn't played in a long time. So, mm-hmm. But De Rossi is managing. Yeah, that's a good point. He is managing guys' minutes. And look, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but we, we are certainly seeing less injuries now. And I don't know what's cause of this, but managing the minutes is probably a huge reason as to why we're seeing less uh, muscle injuries so far. So... I think he's doing a very good job in managing the players in that way as well. With this result tonight, are you guys more confident going into the, the latter half of the season or the latter latter last third of the season? Yes, of course, because uh, you have something uh, on paper which shows that uh, things are going in the right direction. Of course, it will be tough uh, with the Europa League games coming up as well. But we have to remember, you know, it's really difficult to come in midway uh, in a season and uh, to grind out results. It's usually very difficult. If you just look at Napoli, you know, they have Mm -hmm. uh, sacked uh, two coaches. They're, you know, trying with the second interim managers. It's really difficult. And you, you, ideally, you would like to bring in someone who knows the, uh, the, you know, the environment, who can bring in quick results and, that's why they brought Mazzari uh, Napoli, but usually it's really difficult. I mean, last time I remember someone being successful in this way in Roma was Paletti when he came in. I mean, he was uh, he was really good when he came in in 05, 06, no, uh, 15, 16. 2015-16. Uh, 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 but apart from that, you know, even Montella when he came uh, that season, it was nothing wow, you know. We, of course, we were in a different situation back then, different squad. It was an aging squad. It was difficult, but I wasn't too convinced uh, by what I was seeing. It was just like any other interim manager coming in. But this time, you actually see something concrete. You see something, uh, you see a significant change in the way the team plays, the dynamics, the intensity. Um, of course, there's a lot of work, a lot of work to be done. But you know, if if you were going to tell me in uh, after the Milan game, would you prefer five of six wins in Serie A in you know in the next six game? I would say I would take it under any circumstances, and uh, that's what is what has been done. But I would say um, if you dissect those games, I think there's a lot of 
positivity which can be drawn from there. And that's why I, I have been very positively surprised by the Rossi. And I'm really curious to see what more he can bring to this team and you know what more he can show until the end of the season. Joey, is De Rossi turning you into a more confident Roma fan? Yeah, a much more confident and more positive. Uh, I think a couple of things that show me it was first, again, this game, uh, look, to me, again, and I'll repeat it, to me it was a trap game. 120 minutes, Torino, third best defense, third time I said it, because I really know Roma each year would play a team like this after doing an intense Europa League night and losing it, and they came out as the winners against a stubborn Torino side. So that that is certainly one thing that really puts more confidence, at least against these teams, because we have Monza away next week, so it's never mm. it's never easy. But these type of games, we can win after long European nights. We can go forward. We can put pressure on, on our uh, on our oppositions for Champions League. And like uh, like Imran said, it's not easy for a coach coming in midway. Look at Napoli; they brought in uh, Calzona. Um, he managed to get a result out of Barcelona, but look at his first Serie A game against Cagliari. I watched the game. Uh, if you ask me who deserved to win that game, it was actually Cagliari. Cagliari. Cagliari actually played better than Napoli did. They had the chances. The reason they didn't win is because they're a poor side. When Roma played Cagliari with De Rossi, we won 4-0. Okay, even when we played them away, we won 4-1. So it's not easy bringing in a new coach to get results right away. Uh, De Rossi's first game, at least he had one amazing good first half against Verona. Take a second game away from home. We grind it out against a Salernitana team that is very stubborn to win in their stadium. And then you look at Napoli, the the first game under, again, another coach. Like Imran said, it's not easy. They 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 tied, they drew, sorry, against Cagliari, which to me, Cagliari should won that match for anyone who watched it. So is and he's putting in the results again. You, you ask me, like you ask you, like uh, you know, like Imran said, if you ask me, would you take um, five out of six? Absolutely, your only loss being Inter, in which you played a great first half and had a lead and could have actually drew the game if Lukaku buried his chances, for sure. And then you take a, a game like tonight, which is known for Roma dropping points, they come out to win. So certainly more confident. I think they can. Uh, they can really strive to go forward, and I think they'll keep pushing for Champions League until the end of the season. You mentioned it was a trap game. A certain football podcast I listen to, Stadio, amazing football podcast, would have called today's game a catfish game, where Roma could have got catfished by uh, by Torino. Um, Is that I the language you guys re- use? I think you guys use a catfish, right? More, I think, out in the yeah. UK. Yeah, we yeah. use trap. Yeah, okay. trapped. Yeah, same sort of thing. I also wanted to mention something also to Imran because I uh, I saw something on social media that Lupo put after the final game, and it absolutely triggered a fan base from our previous manager. I say previous previous coach. Sorry, um, and I just wanted to say that I've never seen someone so triggered in my life after a tweet from Lupo saying that Jose Mourinho should be jailed for two years after not playing Svilia. I'm just wondering what was going on. I sent this to Joey and I just could not stop laughing. I think, I think are some certain sections of a certain fan base are hoping to see Roma fail under De Rossi. Yes. There's no doubt about <laughs> sure. it. 
Short, short answer. They, Joe they are, they are thinking Sorry. like that. Yeah, yeah I think like, it's it's quite obvious. But me personally, I don't have any grudges. I'm I'm happy no. to have had Mourinho as a as a coach. He brought us a trophy. I I really would have liked things to end differently with a trophy, better performance in Serie A. And you know, he 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 knew exactly, you know, how to stimulate the fans, uh, how to bring the best out of them how to connect with them on an emotional level. Not many coaches can do that. De Rossi can do it for natural reasons. He's a club legend. Mm -hmm. He knows the club fan, fan base. He has been there. He knows them. For more than 20 years, he knows them. But for Mourinho, for a coach to come in and connect in that way, to be charismatic in that way, you would have wanted things to be different and end in a different way. They didn't. But you know, when he puts up that Andrea Bocelli song and you know all those pictures, memories, you, you get emotional because you start thinking, man, you know, this deserves um, so much better. Uh, but uh, it didn't work, unfortunately. And uh, I, I wish him the best because I think um, he's a charismatic guy. And I hope, but I think he's a bit outdated as a coach. Um, some of his ideas um, are outdated. But I hope he succeeds wherever he goes. Uh, but Right now, where we are with the Rossi, I'm. I, I like what I'm seeing so far. Shall we say the first uh, the first turn of Roma was uh, Salernitana, Verona, Torino. Roma got two points, and now Salernitana, Verona, Torino. We got twelve. Yeah. But, but you uh, know the real test. I think the real test for the Rossi will be the next four games. I mean the real test because yes. Monza, Monza is a really tricky game. Uh, they beat AC Milan. Uh, they have been a bit inconsistent, but I think they can really punish you. So that will be a very important game. I think we need to stay very focused. We need to be tactically very disciplined and not, you know, let not let our emotions uh, or adrenaline take over, not deviate from the tactical plan. That will be very important. And after that, you have the Brighton game in Europa League. Then you have Fiorentina away. Uh, you know, another tough game. And then you have Brighton away. Again, I think these four games uh, could potentially, potentially uh, indicate where this team is heading, where De Rossi is heading with this team. And also to an extent, um, what where his future could be after summer. Because if he, if he delivers in those four games, I think he will set a very strong platform very strong platform, which will be very difficult to turn down or look away from. Completely agree. And also add a Sassuolo side to uh, before the international break, who are in absolute free-for-all and just sat Dianese. And yeah, that's they going are. to be an interesting game in a couple of weeks. Um feel sorry we... for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad situation there because it's a, a club that's just absolutely been unbelievable in the last four or five seasons in Serie A. And they're in they're in a bit of chaos. I, I do think they are missing Domenico Berardi. I think he is absolutely pivotal to that side at the moment. He's struggling with an injury. I think he's been out for a while. Um, Joey, I will mention that tweet I did send you. That, that guy did get absolutely triggered and it was absolutely quite funny to see. I've never seen someone just absolutely lose their head or their cool over 
a Roma fan who, <laughs> let's just say he, he sways opinions on social media. For um, sure he does. Yeah, he for does. sure he does. But again, yeah. I'm with him, Ron Scott. I, I mean, no no grudges to Jermino. I oh, think I thought he did, Yeah, I thought he did well. It's just it happens where it's time for a change. It's going to happen to uh, to De Rossi. It could happen years down the line too with De Rossi mm-hmm. that a change may be needed. It's just the nature of the sport. And I wanted to to go with one thing. I think Imran is right about having a, a real test next week. I thought today was a real test, which it was, but next week's going to be another test. It ain't ain't going to be a walk in the park uh, against Monza for sure. It's uh, it's another test. I think he's proven himself because I, I really thought today was a real test, and we we passed it. And we have just it's just another test coming up. And yeah, Imran said it. The, the next four games are. Are certainly going to be crucial because other teams play each other, and we got uh, having Monza, Fiorentina, and the uh, Brighton home and away leg. It's uh, it's going to be tough, and we'll see what the Rossi can come up with. Yeah, because uh, Inter playing Atalanta on Wednesday, you got Milan going to Lazio on Friday. You've got Atalanta Bologna on Sunday evening, which is an absolute corker of a game. You got Napoli Juve, which is going to be a good game on Sunday. So I know Napoli are a little bit further behind in to Roma, but the three sides of Atalanta, Lazio, and Bologna, Fiorentina are a little bit behind also. And I've just seen the score from the later game now. But yeah, it's that that race for fifth, fourth, fifth is just it's, it's just hotting up. And I know Joey, you you like to do your calculations and stuff like that. It's it's going to be tense, and as Imran has nicely pointed it and said it, these next four or five games in Serie A and the Europa League is the acid test. And I and and as you said, I thought tonight was an acid test, and he passed it, not with flying colours, but almost with flying colours because that tactical switch and a bit more intensity in the second half really changed the performance. Um. Should we go into some Roman nostalgia as we were talking pre-pod and before we end this podcast, as we were a little bit talking pre-pod about a certain day in Roma history, as Joey mentioned something and I have. Joey, one of your favourite players on this day, I think it was in 2017, scored two absolute wonderful goals at the San Best game as a Roma player. Yeah, hands down. This was his purple patch for Roma playing in that advanced role um, which Simone Perotta sort of played in when Spalletti was first at Roma but yeah, Nigelan, two goals at San Siro against Inter Milan Yeah, what wonderful goals first that uh, curler where he just uh, he just burst by the uh, the fullback, I forget who it was to be honest and he curled that in top corner on Handanovic and then the second half uh, recovering a loose ball that, that went over I think a couple of heads and it was basically like a three-on-three. Three. I still remember it. Uh, someone made a uh, a nice design run, which kind of drew out the defender, and Nangland just uncorked it from at least, what was it, 25, 30 out. He just belted it top corner, and mm-hmm. I still have those goals imprinted in my mind and how they how they were. And then I know uh, Parati got the uh, the penalty at the end to, to really seal it, but man, what a game by Nangland. Certainly one of the best as a Roma player, either that or one of his Derby games. I mean, he's always shown up at the Derby. Uh, just, I always watch the highlight on this day of that game because it was one of my favorite, just winning at the San Siro where Roma tend to struggle historically. And 
having two goals in a performance like that was just tremendous by Nangle. And I have, I have one of his jerseys, so uh, I'll never I'll never forget him. It's too bad I got his jersey the the summer he left to Inter, but uh, I'm still glad I I got it before he left. And yeah, just one of my favorite in Roma. And that that Spalletti system, nostalgic. You guys missed, you know. Uh, you, you guys miss certain years where you uh, reminisce about. Well, one of them for me is uh, is definitely those two seasons. What's the season and a half with Spalletti that I, I remember a lot the most with the mm. Parati Foss 9 and then the more advanced role behind Jekko for Nangolan in 2016-2017. So just a great game and just one of my favorites on this day. And I I mean, you'll mention more, and I think this, this February 26th has always been a good day for Roma. So hopefully we play more games on this day. Yeah, the second one is a bit more closer to, I think, probably me and Imran. Um, not to say that it probably didn't mean as much to you, Joey, uh, 18, 18 years ago. 18 bloody years ago. Uh, Lazio nil, Roma 2, Tadai, Aquilani, the, I think the Forza Capitano shirts that most of the, the staff and then Spalletti were wearing after the game because Totti broke his ankle against Empoli the week before, which made him a, a bit of a doubt for Italy's World Cup conquest in Germany, which they did win, and he played a pivotal pivotal part in it. But Imran, 11 wins in a row in that, that space of time. And then the week later, it was against uh, Mancini's Inter, where they drew they drew one all because Marco Materazzi scored right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a record at that time because the previous record mm-hmm. was 10 wins in a row. Uh, we took the, I mean, we beat that record uh, with uh, a very injury struck side. Uh, that's when Spalletti had to invent the form, strikeless formation with Totti on top and make making him into a, you know, st- stri- a striker or, fo- or forward as a full striker in the 4 6 0, which what they called it at that time. And then against uh, Lazio, um, Mancini had to play that role. So <laughs> it was uh, it was incredible. What time 18 to be years. Alive. 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. I know. It was, time flies, does it, as a Roma fan? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it does. It makes you age, too. Oh, God, don't. We're all three of us are all the same age anyway, so... (laughs) The biggest uh, regret of that season was losing to Middlesbrough in the UEFA Cup. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Hasselbank. Yeah, Hasselbank. Yeah, great striker. Great goal as well. That header in the top corner. Yeah, yeah, that was a big um, big regret. Yeah, going out... was it UEFA Cup? Was it round of 16 or round of 32? I think it was round of 16. Uh, I think it was round of 16 because Middlesbrough lost in the final eventually. They did. If they I'm lost not to Sevilla. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they lost, lost to in Sevilla the in the final uh, in Eindhoven. Sorry, this is going to be a bit more nostalgia. Um, this was the part, the first part of. Um, Sevilla's double in the Euro and uh, Europa League UEFA Cup because the next year they won it on penalties against Espanol at Hamden. Yeah, we're not. This is probably the last time we we talk about Sevilla because I don't want to trigger so many people. I don't want to trigger Joey again after we're talking about Sevilla. <laughs> I hope they get relegated. Oh God! Um, well, they did lose at Real Madrid last night. 
Luka Modric scoring an absolute wildie. But no, I thought I'd bring up the nostalgia after we, we talked about it pre-pod and we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Um, Guys, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up? Scott, one thing I want to ask is uh, your intro. You mentioned us being Tadai, Vucinic and Tati. Who is who? Good question. Oh. Um... Imran is Totti. Okay. Me is oh, Richard. I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you are. You bring so much to this podcast when you come on. <laughs> I like to be I like to be the flair of Marco Vucinic and you can be the guile and the skill of Rodrigo Tadar. Consistency. We, the consistency. Yeah, yeah. The consistency. And you know what you you're gonna get every you know what you're gonna get every every podcast some Divala love and some Christensen hate so I definitely keep yeah. up that consistency yeah, well, you know with a, with a with a trick in the jaw you know the Aurelio like you mentioned <laughs> yeah. yeah well you could probably go on to YouTube and watch Rod- Rodrigo Tadai skills and just be amazed of what he could do with a football yeah, it was wonderful. Silky, silky first touch, just the Aurelio. Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite a good front three. Ah, it was. I miss those days. Scott, you always make me think about them every time we have a pod. You love the nostalgic moments. I miss. I really miss those days. Well, if you're up for it, and I don't I imagine Imran will, uh, during the international break, I have the idea of doing some nostalgia pods. Okay, yeah. I'd definitely be down for that. And the foodie at the end of the year. Can't forget what's that. Yes. And yeah. And the food pod at the end of the season. Right. Uh, do you guys anything have, uh, have anything else to add? Apart from that, Joey? <laughs> no. I'm um, good. Sky, we won and it, move on. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Imran, do you have anything else to add? No, we're good. Thank you. Positivity. We end the good. We end the. And the pod on some uh, aroma victory and some positivity. Uh, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find our previous episodes on the website. And you can find us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, etc., etc. We'll be back after the game on Saturday with a with a special guest. I've just, it, it's going to be Rosa. Uh, I've dropped her a message not so long ago. Say she want to come on. I'll drop her a message later in the week if she wants to come on. Because she did agree to come on after the Monza game. And then we'll be back after the Brighton game, which is all coming quick and fast. Um, Joey, Imran, thank you so much for joining me on this Monday evening to talk about not a chaotic game, but a Paula Dybala dual game. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad we uh, we all got to witness Paula Dybala's gem and, and we all got to discuss it. Are you off to listen to Stan now after this? It's already ready to go as soon as we're done. Perfect. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Enjoy the football that is on in the week. For Sarama, ciao. Ciao. Ciao.